What the Tech Africa podcast powered by Africa Tech Radio. You're listening to What the Tech Africa brought to you by Africa Tech Radio. My name is Jessica Fortunes. If you've been in the tech ecosystem long enough, you must have heard the name Silicon Valley at one point or the other. Silicon Valley is a region in the South San Francisco Bay Area made notable by the number of technology companies that started and are headquarters there, including Apple, Google, Facebook, Netflix, and other Fortune 500 companies. It sets the gold standard as a tech hub, so there's lead to wonder why so many locations around the world are attempting to emulate its processes or perhaps become the next Silicon Valley. Interestingly, Africa is in the running. African continent is now one of the fastest growing regions globally. Countries across the continent are investing more than ever before in smart technologies, innovative solutions, and the education of future generations. Now the question is, can an African country become the next Silicon Valley? Hmm. Well, that's what we'll be discussing today on What the Tech Africa. And joining me for today's conversation is Ola Binjo Adeniram, co-founder of Future Africa. Future Africa is a fund that connects investors to mission-driven startups, turning Africa's most difficult challenges into global business opportunities. Hello, Ola Binjo. Hi, Jessica. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you very much for joining. You're welcome. Okay, so before we go into our conversation, don't forget you can join the discussion by sending in your reactions and comments via WhatsApp to 0913-558-1766 or through email, which is podcast at africatechradio.com. Now, straight to the point. Very quickly, Olavinja, please can you tell us about what you do at Future Africa and the mission of empowering Africa tech ecosystem? Um, so I'll just start with Future Africa. So Future Africa is a firm, like you said, that connects investors to founders who are building the future of Africa. Uh, we support founders with capital, coaching, and community to enable them scale the solutions they're building across multiple African countries. Um, at Future Africa, I work as a growth partner. I'm essentially responsible for making sure that we can keep finding investors who are interested in supporting startups. Okay, that sounds like amazing work you and your team at Future Africa is doing. Now, with your experience investing in Africa or perhaps getting investors to work in African startups, what do you think? Do you think that African countries stand a chance of becoming the next Silicon Valley? Um, so, so it really depends on how you look at it. If you think of Silicon Valley as a place, um, then the answer is that there's never going to be another Silicon Valley. If you, if you think <laughs> of Silicon Valley as an idea, or as an ideology in the sense of how do you create um, an ecosystem or a community of people who have similarly aligned goals and can build um, companies or build systems that disrupt, um, you know, what exists today and change, um, you know, change the environment, change the community, make impact. Then you can have that, you know, that that's, that's more likely to be done. Okay. But I was looking up more in terms of the world's top tech hub whereby people want to come here you know to find the next thing happening you know and then that advances to the world in general you think we yes so i mean just like general trade and commerce you will find that more often than not a lot of the 
technology innovation hubs or ecosystems in Africa are happening in coastal cities or in capital cities. So, for example, you find them in Lagos or in Accra or in Abuja, in places, you know, where they have a historical, um, the places that are historically known for trade and commerce. So those technology ecosystems tend to build out to what people here are buying and selling stuff. How can we enable them buy and sell faster? Um, how can we enable trade to grow um, in those communities? Right. Okay. I hope that helps give you a better perspective. Yes, it does. And, you know, interestingly, my next question was just about some of the places you just mentioned, including Nigeria, Lagos, um, Accra, Ghana, you know, Nairobi, Kenya. These countries and these places in Africa by 2020 had the highest number of investor funding. So what do you think they are doing right outside of the hub, which you mentioned already? What are these countries doing right? Why are their investors, you know, looking to either open a business there, get some form of relationship with the people in the country? What exactly are they doing right that other African countries can emulate? Um, so I would say that in terms of what's happening um, in a lot of the ecosystem, you would see that it's the entrepreneurs that are really driving the change, um, not the country itself. So what the entrepreneurs are basically doing is there's a big problem. I'm going to go and solve this problem, right? I'm going to build a company that solves this problem. I'm going to build a sustainable business out of this problem so that I can make I can make some impacts. Very popular example would be Andela. Um, coming into, you know, Lagos, um, I think Nairobi and Kigali and building out spaces where people could learn how to become um, very good programmers so they can then earn some, they can earn really good income, right? That's a simple example example of an entrepreneur seeing a problem. This problem in this case is unemployment and helping people get the skills to become employed. Mm. So I mean, that's to say that we need to tell more institutions and governments in these countries to probably take some keys and notes from what the entrepreneurs are doing, you know, to help them make it better. Yes, exactly. Um, I think that Rwanda is one of the very few countries where we have seen a lot of government support in terms of creating spaces for entrepreneurs to work, in terms of creating regulation that enables digital entrepreneurs thrive. Um, and technology entre entrepreneurs thrive in terms of creating regulation and legalese that helps people invest faster. For example, you can set up a business, you know, in under a few hours in Rwanda. Um, you can incorporate a business. Those kind of things tend to spur innovation and entrepreneurship, and they tend to help you attract funding from foreign investors. Mm, that, that makes perfect sense because while I was reading up on Silicon Valley and all it does, I realized that some of the things that makes it Silicon Valley is actually the passionate entrepreneurs, the high concentration of customers, you know, the fact that it is home to some of the biggest incubators and accelerators. And, you know, they have like universities, they have government institutions supporting and making it all boom. So it takes more than just the entrepreneurs. And I would like to ask the question of, which is, do you think African founders or startup, they have all of this? Do they have this outside them being passionate? Because I feel like it's one thing to be passionate. It's another thing to have the market. It's another thing to have policies that support you. It's another thing to have incubators, investors, accelerators all around ready to help you scale. So do you think African founders have all of this? So I would I will, I will say... Um... At the moment, African founders of definitely do not have all of this. Um, 
but we at future africa like to think of everything as day one and we like to say that every day is day one <laughs> we also like to say that the obstacle is the way um and so in all of these problems um so for example with regulation what you see is that entrepreneurs or firms have to build a system around engaging uh with the regulators or entrepreneurs have to build a system um, in terms of how they test for talent when they're employing or hiring talent, how they retain talent. They have to build those things out. Sometimes they build them themselves internally in their companies. Other times they rely on another entrepreneur who's solving that problem. Um, logistics, for example, is a very big problem, but nobody is going to go and build roads just because they want to get something from A to B, which is funny because it's things that have been done before. If you think about MTN coming to Nigeria in the very early days, there were places where they literally had to cut down trees and tar the roads so they could get the, so they could get the masks there, right? But today you have people who are building all kinds of different services that can enable you, um, you know, be a Lagos, a Lagos business person, and you can ship your your products to Kaduna or to Ekiti or to Calabar without having to go through all of that stress, um, you know, the the old way of putting get, taking it to a bus park. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, so you, we're seeing these problems being solved um, across the different points in the ecosystem. Um, and we're definitely seeing year after year after year after year that the ecosystem is more maturing. For example, uh, startups are raising more funding than they used to raise. So we are seeing more investors locally and internationally invest in tech startups. Uh, we're seeing more governments across the board engaging with more startups, creating opportunities where they can discuss uh, with these entrepreneurs. We're seeing more governments create talent upskilling and talent reskilling where they're teaching, for example, teaching secondary school students computer science and coding um, in Ghana, for example, or even in Nigeria where Lagos State, Lagos State taught, uh, had a program teaching people user experience design and digital marketing. We're seeing all these things happen. Um, but we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not quite there yet. Mm. Okay, we're not there yet, but hopefully soon we will. Now let's go to the question of: Do you think it's important for us to even become the next Silicon Valley? I mean, <laughs> everybody's talking about Silicon Valley, but then must we, or must African countries, actually care about it? Does this in any way impact what they're building, what you're doing? And you know, there's this comparison you hear. Um, investors talk about silicon valley and all of that does that have an impact on what these founders are building and is it important for us to emulate what they're doing over there so it depends and they like that like i was saying earlier there's, there's multiple ways um to look at the conversation if you think of silicon valley as a system of ideas that helps spur innovation there's definitely a lot of things you want to learn about innovation from silicon valley and about how you can use technology to change and impact the community but there's also a lot of a ton of things you don't want to learn about Silicon, Silicon Valley because there's people who are building products or services that only cater to a very elite few. And you know, how many elites do you have in Africa today? Right? The number of the number of billionaires is low. The number of dollar millionaires is actually also low. So you really you, you really have to put yourself in the context of your society um, and realize where it's at, you know, and then think about the solutions you want to build. I, uh, I like to give an example of Amazon starting out in 1997. Um, and when Amazon had to um, ship books to people's homes, there was already a federal postal service that existed called FedEx. Mm. 
right? It didn't have to build, it didn't have to start out and build its own logistic, logistics network. It already existed. When Jumia came into Nigeria and had to um, deliver products to people's homes, Jumia had to build its own logistics network, right? So, 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 so it's, it's, it can be, they can be very similar products, but in reality, it's just apples and oranges because of the different contexts uh, and the different points that the society is in today. And so despite this or Silicon Valley being almighty that it is, um, we also noticed that Silicon Valley or investors in Silicon Valley are interested in African startups and what they're doing right now. Somebody talked about a relationship and how some of these hubs are now interested in having like a headquarter in Nigeria or say Ghana and all of that. How do you think having them come over here impacts what the ecosystem is building, what we have, and the future. Um, so, so it's very important because there's a lot of transferable skills and knowledge that these companies already have. Uh, and in terms of scale, you find that often they are much bigger. They are much bigger uh, companies with way more customers in the United States or Europe, for example, than some of the companies we have today. So, there's definitely a lot of things you know you to learn from them. Um, aside from just you know taking taking capital, there's so much you can learn from how they approach innovation or how they solve problems. And the second thing that tends to happen is as companies come here, they tend to hire more people on ground, which is also an opportunity for African um, talents and Africans to take these jobs in all these different companies, right? So it does spur the next generation um, of, uh, of, tech, of tech talents, if you will. Okay. Nice one. Now let's come back home and go back to some of these countries or places really doing well. I do know that you've mentioned Rwanda, you've talked about Ghana and also mentioned Nigeria at some point. So if you were to take a bet on either of these countries right now doing great stuff in the ecosystem, what country do you think has the potentials or is heading or would be the first, if you like, <laughs> to get that status where it is ranked alongside the global tech ecosystems like say the ones in china you know london and all of that i would say all of the countries no you're being diplomatic <laughs> they're all they're all pretty much at very similar inflection points although some countries you would find the smaller the smaller and the, the less populated countries you will find are still um behind in terms of you know market size and all of that all of that so entrepreneurs there are in building uh much stuff well, entrepreneurs who are been in the larger countries haven't entered the smaller countries yet um but you would find, like I'm sure you read, you read, um, you know, technology news happening in Africa is that you you see similar companies starting up in Ghana, in Kenya, in Nigeria, which are some of the biggest um, sub-Saharan African markets. Um, and what what you, what you're finding is uh, entrepreneurs building all of these things in spite of what's happening around them, right? Um, I wouldn't, I would. It, it, it does seem obvious that the time is right to build these companies but it's also very very early like i was saying a lot of the infrastructure does not exist they have to build the infrastructure out uh so i wouldn't say that one particular company becomes one particular country becomes the silicon valley i think i think that what you would see is the ecosystem um in multiple countries rise rise similarly because you're seeing com companies that are in kenya open up offices in nigeria you're seeing nigerian companies expand to ghana expand to Togo, expand to Benin Republic. You're seeing all these things happening. And so what is happening is a collective, um, is a collective lift up. <laughs> it's a collective lift up, right? Of the continent. Um, <laughs> of the continent, right? By, by you know, different parties at these different points. Okay, I do agree. And I, I am all for the whole 
continent lifting up because eventually we're one and they would always see us as Africans. So it's great for us to work together and lift each other up. So let's talk about um, unicorns. I do know that that's another big factor of why people talk about Silicon Valleys. They talk about the unicorns that have come out. And, you know, thinking about it, it's not a lot of big deal for Silicon Valley when there's a unicorn. It's like, we've seen that already. What new? We want the next thing. But here in Africa and African countries, as an investor who is looking for, you know, startups to also support, how do you think entrepreneurs are doing in terms of solving problems that need to be solved and being able to raise money to become the next one billion dollar company or more? Yeah, I, I, I think I think that we we typically don't give a lot of entrepreneurs credits, um, because when you think about how difficult it is even to do something as simple as incorporate a company in Nigeria um, or wherever it is is incorporated, you you think about hiring. You think about finding technical talents, finding marketing talents, uh, finding design talents. Entrepreneurs don't get enough credit for all of the work that they're trying to do. It is a lot of work. It is grunt work. It is daily work. Um, and so we need to applaud their courage um, in trying to solve these problems. Um, so I would say I definitely applaud, applaud entrepreneurs who are trying to you know, solve some of these challenges in this market and build new types of businesses. Okay, then. So I'm going to join in the applause. And I think that anyone listening should actually join because like you have mentioned, it's not easy building and it's not even easy building in Africa, in Nigeria, in Ghana, almost like different things, the institutions, government, the policies are trying to, you know, suffocate and but well done to all our entrepreneurs and keep doing what you're doing. So, Finjob, just before we round up, do you have any final words for entrepreneurs looking at, oh, I want to get to that Silicon Valley level. I want to get global. I want to do this and that. What words do you have for them? Um, I think they should just stay grounded and focus on solving problems that they see around them, problems that are very important um, in their society. Um, you know, even on the very, on the very, um, basic, you know, on the very basic level, there's educational problems, there's health problems, there's so many problems to solve. So I would say people, more, more people should focus, you know, on real problems, um, also problems that they can see that are that are uh, prominent or that are duplicitous across the African continent. So it then helps them see, you know, a market outside their home country um, and how see how they can impact people outside just their home country. Okay, and then for those who want to get into Future Africa or want Future Africa to, you know, help them, I know it's vice versa. Investors can invest, and I know that startups also get support. So how do they, could you please give us, like, how entrepreneurs can get in and how investors as well? Um, so entrepreneurs can visit our website. Investors can also visit our website to learn more about us. The website is www.future.africa. Um, founders can visit future.africa forward slash fund to learn more about the fund. Um, and investors can visit future africa forward slash collective to learn more about um, opportunities for them to invest in startups okay thank you very much it's been an interesting conversation thank, thank you. you as well and so guys there you have it for today's episode of what the tech africa i remain jessica fortunes and if you'd like to send in your reactions and comments don't forget that you can do that via whatsapp to 0913-558-1766 or through email which is podcast at africatechradio.com and until next week be good bye
What the Tech Africa, an Africa Tech Radio podcast.